This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. And so we've been on a series about the Holy Spirit and um, just the last couple um, messages, um, I've been teaching you how to build your spirit man up. Amen. And you can actually build yourself up in faith. Glory to God. The Bible says it's a strong spirit of a man that will sustain him in infirmity. In other words, you know, we need to be ready before the attack comes. Amen. Most people, what they're doing is the attack comes, then they get into the word, then they start to pray. But you need to get set up before, you know, you know, the storm's going to come. You were not exempt from storms. Amen. And so storms are going to come to each one of us. But we need to uh, we need to learn to stand before the storm comes. We need to get ready before the storms of life come. Amen. And so I'm teaching you on on principles or keys or rules on how to build your spirit man up. And you can actually build your spirit man up. Most most Christians, I don't know if most Christians, but some Christians, they live their life out of out of the outward instead of the inward. And let me let me explain that to you. That they're they're more you know uh, body conscience. You know they're more ruled by their feelings. We don't want to be ruled by our feelings. And uh, and we're sometimes we're more ruled by our head. Amen. By just our intellect or reason. And how many people know that reason and faith doesn't mix? Amen. Amen. Because it may be unreasonable for you to give your tithes and offerings into a church when you barely are making it yourself. Jesus. Hey, are you? Am I? Are you? Here, are you hearing what I'm saying today? But but God, God can open the windows of heaven. God can connect you with the right people. I'm telling you. Now He may not give you the numbers to the lottery. Okay. <laughs> but uh, he will lead you and guide you in all truth. Amen. Don't be praying and ask God, what's the numbers to the lotto? You know, it's not going to happen. Amen. And um, so because lotto is a form of gambling. Yes, it is. Amen. OK, I'm stepping on somebody's toes this morning. <laughs> But pastor, you know, I'm believing I'll give part of it to the church. Well, if you don't give anything to the church now, you won't even give your winnings to the church. Okay, I won't go there. (laughs) But anyway, so we're talking about rules on developing the spirit man. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they even work out on their bodies. You know, they have muscular bodies, but they have emaciated spirits. And your spirit can grow and you can grow in faith. And, you know, uh, the same faith that Jesus walks in, you can walk in. Amen. That's a good amen. So that the same type of faith that Jesus walks in, because we have a measure of the faith of God. Amen. As it says in Romans three. And so so I'm talking to you about keys on how to build up your your spirit, man. And the number one key is to meditate on the word of God. Amen. And if we, you know, if we meditate more, we'll medicate less. Amen. 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 You can tweet that. But um, if you meditate more on the word of God, uh, you will uh, you will probably medicate less. And 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 so uh, meditating on the word of God is not just an Eastern religion thing where you meditate and you hum. And you try to get into some kind of euphoria or peace mode. Amen. It's the blood of Jesus that gives us peace. 
Amen. And God will download his peace upon us. But but meditating on God's word is taking God's word or his promises and looking at them and confessing them until the Bible promises become more real than the natural circumstances that you that we deal with. So it's taking God's word and his promises and uh, and meditating on them. Until until they become a reality in our lives. And, uh, you know, uh, so we we need to learn to meditate until it becomes more real than the circumstances that we're dealing with. For instance, we have what we call confession sheets on the table when you walk in. And these are God's promises in different areas. One is health, life and health. And, and if you're dealing with any kind of sickness or, or anything like that, uh, you can meditate on these promises and those promises can bless you and heal your body. Amen. Amen. As you believe God, as you activate your faith and there's some promises. How many people could, could stand for more, more finances to come in? Amen. Uh, amen. And there's promises that that uh, that that are on the table for for financial blessings and prosperity. And so it's more than just giving into the offering. You have to give in faith. Amen. You have to believe that God's going to open the windows of heaven and you have to be meditating on all this all the time and, and, until you really, truly believe it. And um, and. You, that's how you activate the promises. Amen. And so, we, you know, I want to encourage you to take those promises and start meditating on them until you get so sure in your heart. You know that the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord, what will want no good thing. In other words, the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not lack for any good thing. Can I get an amen in the house today? So, so Joshua uh, was a man that was the understudy of Moses, and he was an untested leader. And God was actually bringing Joshua to a point where he was going to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, something they haven't experienced before. And hopefully that's what I'm doing. As you come in on Sunday morning, you're come, you're going to, as you, as you get into the word, as you take notes, you're going to enter into your promised land. Amen. And so, so this was what God told Joshua to do. He said in Joshua 1, 8, that the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. The book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have success. And one translation says good success. Another translation says you will be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. And so I don't know about you, but I want to learn to deal wisely in my everyday affairs of life. Amen? Amen. And so here he's saying that as you meditate on the word and you be careful to observe them and then you, you will make your way prosperous. Amen. In other words, we have something to do with us walking in prosperity. We have something to do with us walking in the blessings. Amen. We have something to do. Pastor, I have something to do. You have something to do. And that's to meditate on the word of God. Amen. And so really, it's like this. It's our hearts are likened to the soil and God's word is likened to a seed. 
And so uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9, it says, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. And that may be a little uh, confusing as we read that. What does that mean? Well, I like what it says in the Amplified Classic. He says, for we, are, uh, for we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together with and for God. You are God's garden, a vineyard, and a field under cultivation. You are God's building. So, so really, our hearts is the soil that God works with. Amen. And when you come in here, hopefully your hearts are pliable to receive the, the word of God, the incorruptible word of God, that, that we're open. So you've got to be open for truth and you have to have a desire. We should all have a desire for more truth in our lives. Amen. Amen. And when we're open and our hearts are pliable, the seed of God's word goes into the, our hearts and it will produce a harvest. It says actually in, in Luke six forty five it says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes they say out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks, you know. So, so what, what we're putting in our hearts will come out in our everyday life. And so when we meditate on the word of God, what we're doing is we're sowing supernatural seed into the garden. How's your garden looking these days? You have any weeds in your garden? You might need to pull some weeds out of your garden. Amen. Amen. Well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, do you have some unbelief? Do you, do, you, or, or do you have some doubt? Do you, are you here? I say, do you have some um, hurt? Do you, or, or do you have some anger towards people that, you know, do you have any sin in your life that that will harden your heart and it will make it difficult for the truth of God's word to penetrate your hearts? Amen. And so and so we have to cultivate our hearts to receive that. And there's nothing wrong with the seed. It's our hearts that has to be prepared for God. Amen. In Galatians 6, 7, 8, it says this. It says it this way. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. For if he sows to the flesh, he will of the flesh reap corruption. But if he sows to the spirit, he will of the spirit reap life. Amen. So I'm going to say this to you today. As you're sitting here in your seats, you are sowing to the spirit and you're going to reap life. Amen. In other words, Jesus puts it this way. Jesus said it's the thief that comes to steal, kill and to destroy. So the devil's after each one of us. Amen. Amen. But Jesus said, I came that you may have what life and have it. More, somebody say more, more. abundantly. Yes. And so we, none of us should be living below that standard. Amen. In other words, each one of us should be living the abundant life in Jesus Christ. That's, you know, that's Jesus has given us life and life more abundantly. Amen. You know, you, you may say, uh, pastor, how do I keep from, how do I, how do I keep keep the word working in my life or how do I keep sinning from God? Uh, I like this. I'm still talking about meditating on the word. Psalms 119.11 says this, your word I have hidden in my heart 
that I may not sin against you. So when you hide God's word in your heart, it'll be difficult for you to uh, sin against God. Amen. Amen. Jesus puts it in a parable. And I like this because this is the goal. This is where we want to go to as we meditate on the word of God. And Jesus says this way in, in, in Matthew 13, 31 and 32. He says it this way. Another parable he put it forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Remember the this, this Scripture that we read before, we are God's garden, we are God's field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it's grown, it is greater than all the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can come and nest in its branches. So what is he saying here? He's saying the kingdom of God is likened to a seed. God's word is seed. And when it's planted and we start to grow in God, we become like a strong, luxurious tree, like it talks about in Psalms. And we become like a tree uh, planted by rivers of water. And then what, what happens is we will have so much wisdom. People will come to us to ask us, you know, questions about God. Have you ever had anybody ask you questions about the Lord? Amen. Have you ever had anybody come to you, praise God, because they see you walking a little differently? Christians should walk differently than the world. Amen. Christians should not look like the world. Amen. We, I'm telling you, we should not look like the world. We should not act like the world. We should act like sons of God. Yes. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? See, when, when Jesus' disciples, they were with Jesus... And as a minister, the Pharisees said, man, they were unlearned fishermen, but, but they ministered and they walked with such wisdom that, uh, that the Pharisees, they, he, they must have been walking with Jesus. And in other words, Jesus rubbed off on his disciples, praise God. And Jesus wants to rub off on us. Amen. And so we the, the goal, as you meditate on the word of God, you're going to be somebody that other people can feed off of. Can I get an amen? amen? The number two uh, rule to building up a strong spiritual man is by practicing the word of God. You know, the, the, the greatest example I can think of is that you can buy a weight set, you know, because I like to work out. And, and uh, you can buy a weight set, but if you don't actually use the weights, you can buy that machine, you can buy the video, Insanity, one, two, and three. Amen. But if you, you can watch them all day and you say, boy, man, I wish I had abs like that. I wish I had biceps. like that. I wish I had abs like Pastor Dave, you know, I wish I had shoulders like that, Pastor Dave. You know, I may not have the legs, but I got the shoulders. OK, but uh, but, uh, you know, you're not going to get those abs unless you use the ab cruncher. I think, amen. Uh, you're not going to, oh, you hear what I'm saying? Unless you actually use it, you can watch it all day long. Oh, I, I, I know how to, I know how to bench press. I, I've seen, the, I've read the manual. I read it over again. I've seen the videos, but have you done it? No. Amen. So you're not going to get any benefit. Same thing with the word of God. Unless we're putting it in practical application, we're not going to see the benefit of God's word. For instance, you know, we can believe that God wants to bless us, 
But if we don't go with, you know, his rule of, of tithing and giving, we're may not, we may not see the blessings. We can pray all day. Amen. And ask God. But if, if you have a need, you might need a plant of seed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I knew that would go over big this morning like a lead balloon. But anyway, so we need to practice the word. Of God. James 1.22 says it this way. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So we can be. Uh, so he says be doers of the word, not hearers only. And, and, and if we're just hearers, we're deceiving ourselves. And it says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God is considered the perfect law of liberty, and continues in it, is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So the person, the blessed person is the one that activates his faith, by doing the word. If anyone among you, th- now this is powerful. If anyone among you thinks himself to be religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. So one of the main ways of us practicing the word of God is keeping our mouth shut. Amen. <laughs> when things are going wrong and, you know, and, 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 we're, and we're encountering storms and trials, we, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to be talking about our mountains all the time. Amen. See, he's, this, this is putting in practice. Sometimes we just need to zip our lip. Yes. <laughs> when we don't see something good or we don't feel something good or things aren't working, don't be talking about your mountains all the time. Jesus never told us. He never gave the instructions to his disciples to talk about your mountains. He said, speak to your mountains. Amen. He said, speak to the problem. He said, don't, don't keep, because the more you talk about your mountain or the more you talk about your problem, guess what? The bigger the problem is going to become. My kids, I don't know if they're going to ever do anything right. No, listen, they're, no, no, God's watching over them. God's going to perfect that which concerns you. Glory to God. Put them in, put your kids in God's hands. Can I get an amen? amen or an oh me? Amen. And so we got to we, we got to practice the word of God. So a lot of it has to do with us just controlling our tongues. Amen. amen. And so I like what Jesus said here in Luke six forty six and 48. Jesus said this way. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Can somebody say ouch? Ooh, man. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? This is Luke 6, 46 and 48 through 48. And not do the things which I say. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and it, and it could not shake for it was founded on the rock. Like I said in the earlier part of my preaching this morning is that the storms of life will come to each one of us. But we need to be founded on the word of God. And if we're founded on the word of God, I'm going to say this. The devil can't shake you up. Amen. And I'm telling you, you, you're not going to be trembling in the storm. You're going to be speaking to the storm. Can I get a witness in the house today? 
Most people say, God, do something about the storm. He says, I've given you my name. I've given you my word. I've given you my blood. You have something to do with it. We have to speak to the storm. Stop asking God to do something about your storm. You do something about the storm. Oh, pastor, that's that's some bold preaching this morning. Listen, God has given us the power in his name. We we have, you know, rights in God. Amen. And we can access those rights by the by the power of his name, the word of God and the blood of Jesus. Amen. Like the Bible says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And some of us just have the monies. Thank you for that courtesy laugh. Amen. <laughs> so, so he says, why call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I ask? Amen. And so he's saying, but then he says, but, but he who heard and did nothing, in verse 49, it says this, New King James Version, verse 49, Luke 6. It says, but he who heard, this is Jesus, and did nothing. He who hears and do nothing. Is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation, without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and great was that fall. Amen. So if we're people, so that's where you can see Christians and you can see Christians and for some reason, it's, you know, the storms of life come to them and wipes them out and they then they end up getting uh, a lot of times they end up getting offended with God, leaving the church uh, because they never got a, a, a strong root system in the Word of God. It, it, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? To keep them in, in, in a steady place so when the, when the enemy tries to come, uh, they, they, you know, uh, they won't be able, the enemy won't be able to remove them. Amen? So, so now the third key. I'm into the third key and, or, or the third rule in building this, uh, your, your spiritual man. And that is putting the word of God first place. Amen. We have to put the word of God first place. How come it's always like, you know, we, we, you, you hear the saying, uh, well, we've tried everything else. We, we, we better pray. Have you ever heard that? We, we tried all the natural things. We better seek God. Why not seek God first? Why do we always try to seek everything else? Why do we always try to seek the natural, a natural means of solving our problems um, uh, over the supernatural means of God? God knows everything. God knows your situation. God knows your problem before you even entered it. God already has the answer. But a lot of the, you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, there's people sometimes in our church and they'll be in the hospital and I wouldn't even know it. And I'm like, they even call me and pray. They even pray before the hospital visit. I'm like, I guess they don't want to bother me or anything. I don't want to bother. That's my job. Bother me. You know, let's pray. Maybe God wants to reveal some truth to you. And maybe God wants to maybe you know, it's not always, you know, the, the doctor the doctor's not the final word, and he's not always the expert. Amen. Can I say that again? Sometimes we exalt doctors to the God status. Well, the doctor said this and said, I'm going to be in medicine for the rest of my life. You know, and that's what I got to go. I have to be on medicine all the rest of my life, even though he gets kickbacks from the, well, we won't go there. <laughs> From the pharmaceutical companies, right? And so, and so, you got to be on. My dad, 
was going to a chiropractor. A chiropractor. At that time, he, we, he was attending a, a uh, denominational church. And in the denominational church, they didn't teach about healing. They didn't teach about that we have victory in Jesus. They just, you know, they, they, they teach the real easy message. Just be nice. You be nice. And act nice. And, and hopefully everything will work out. And, and so he came out of a denominational church. It really didn't teach anything. But he came into a church like this, a faith church. And, and the pastor started teaching on that God wants you healed. He wants you delivered. He wants you set free. And he was going to a chiropractor and he had, he had back issues. And, uh, so the pastor said, uh, he heard a message about healing. And so my dad went up for prayer and, uh, and the pastor prayed for him and God miraculously healed my dad and his back pain left. Amen. And he, well, he was totally healed. He went back to the chiropractor and said, I feel great. And the chiropractor said, well, yeah, that might be a temporary situation, but you better keep coming out because if you don't, you're going to end up in a wheelchair. Mm. Guess what? My dad's not in a wheelchair. Thank you, that was over 20 years ago. He's an usher in the church today. Oh, yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And you know what? He beat the odds. Amen. Well, that doctor would say, you're going to be in a wheelchair in less than a year. See, see, sometimes, you know, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not against doctors. Thank God for doctors. I mean, they're good. I mean, they're, they're, they're in the same business that us preachers are. They're trying to help people. But, but they, don't, they only can go with a modern science. They don't have the God factor involved a lot of times, unless it's a, holy, unless it's a Christian doctor. So they don't, they don't understand the power of God that can move. They don't understand the power of faith. They don't understand the power of the Word of God. So they can only go with the natural. Amen. But thank God we got a supernatural means to set... Am I talking to anybody today? Listen, you're not just serving a natural God. You're serving a supernatural God that can do supernatural things. Keep believing. Keep believing. If you're believing God for a house, keep believing. He can do the miracle for you. If you're believing God for turnaround in your health, God can do it. Nothing. Is anything too hard for God? Hallelujah. Nothing's too hard for God. I tell you, if he can split the Red Sea, amen. And and I'm telling you, a million people walking across on dry land. Of course, and some theologians will try to teach you, you know, I'm glad I I didn't go. Some some theological schools will try to preach all the miracles out of the Bible. And, and, and instead of going to the, you know, the school of theology, you, you, you go to a, a dead school that teaches just, just all the miracles have passed away. But they haven't passed away. Amen. And so, uh, you know, and so we have to believe that. I mean, we have to believe that God's word is true today. Amen. So we, we must turn to the natural. You know, some people are turning to, and asking people for advice that are, that are ungodly people. And the Bible says in Psalms 1, blessed are those that do not get advice from the ungodly. Yeah. Amen. Psalms 1. So if, and we're trying to get advice from people that don't know God, they, you know, they're under darkness. How are they going to give you godly advice? Amen. Maybe Dr. Phil has something for me. No, Dr. Jesus, the great physician, has something for you. 
Baby, I need to go to Dr. Oz. Uh, yeah, I watch Dr. Oz all the time, you know. Yo, yeah, natural is fine, but don't put your faith in the food that you eat. Put your faith in the living God that made the food. So we say, if I just can eat right, I'll be all right. You sure about that? You got to put your faith in God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we, we want to put the Word of God first place. And so I found a story in the Old Testament. And, uh, yeah, and the Old Testament is types and shadows of what we should do and what we shouldn't do. It's, we can look back at the Old Testament. We know they were under a different covenant. But, uh, but there are things that they did that were right and things that they did that were wrong. And what I love about God is God doesn't candy coat His Word. He reveals when people do when people mess up and when people do right. That's what I love about God. So we're going to learn some lessons from King Asa. And he was a he he was a king. uh, uh, He was a king that was raised up. And and know this, that in the Old Testament, there were kings and there was there was a southern kingdom and a northern kingdom. And there's a king of Judah, and he was a king of Judah, and, and there was a king of Israel. So there were actually two kingdoms. They were split be, because of Solomon's son. Amen? And so there, were two, there was a, a northern and a southern kingdom. And so, and so he was the king. Uh, he was uh, king of the southern kingdom. And, and so uh, a lot of times when kings came in a line, either they followed God or they came again, or they, they followed the wrong God. And so King Asa was a man that uh, that did right in God's eyes. Let's look at Second Chronicles. And he was more of uh, a restorer. He was restoring back all the right things. And he was trying to do the right things in God. And it says here, and, and those kings are very few. A lot of the kings, what they did was they followed false gods. And the reason why they did this, you know, I, I always wondered, why would they go with a false god? Because it appeared sometimes that the false gods had more power than God Almighty. So because and it looked like that the that the evil people were prospering more than God's people. So what they did was, well, if they're serving Moloch and they seem to be prospering, why do we need to serve God? And so they would start serving Moloch, you know, which was, you know, which was the devil, you know, and to try to get the same results as the evil people. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And we don't need to do it like the world. Amen. Look at your name and say, don't do it like the world. Amen. And so here, uh, so here, King Asa was like a reformer. He was he was bringing reformation. He was reforming uh, the culture back to God. And it says here, then Zira, the Ethiopian, uh, I'm sorry, he's in, in 2 Chronicles 14, 2 and 5. It says, Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord, his God. For he removed the altars of the foreign gods and the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images. And he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandments. He also removed the high places and the incense altars from all the cities of Judah and the kingdom was quiet under him. So what he did was he brought reformation. He, he reformed the back the culture back to turning to God. And, and so God brought, you know, brought them peace. Whenever we 
get out, whenever we get out of the world situation, you know, the Bible said, love not the world. You know, we don't want to love the world. And, we, and if we, you know, if we're Christians and we're still trying to play the world game, we're still partying, going to the clubs, doing all that, you're not going to have any peace. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying? If you're still worshiping at the altar, Jack Daniels, you're not going to have any peace. Amen. Can I get a witness in here? But when you move away from Jack Daniels and you go to Jesus Christ, then peace can come into your life. Can I get an Amen. And then it says here, so, so I'm going to say this, whenever you're doing the right things, like I said before, the devil's going to try to come against you. Amen. Really, when you really start doing the right things, that's when all hell starts to break loose at times. It's not when you're just kind of living a backslidden, half lukewarm life in God. You don't really have that much pressure because the devil already has you halfway. See, he doesn't need to waste his time on you because you're already... In it, part of his kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so here in Second Chronicles 14, 9 and 13, it says, Then Zerah, the Ethiopian, came against them, Judah, with an army of a million men and 300 chariots. Now, just before that, I don't want to keep reading on. It revealed the army of, of Asa and his army was 500,000 people. And this is a million people. Wow. So that was the double the size of the army against him. And it says, and he came and it says he came with an army of a million men and 300 chariots. And he came to Maressa. So Asa went out against him and they set the troops in battle array in the valley of Zepathas. Uh, uh, and Asa cried out to the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing. Notice this is what he says. He cries out to the Lord. Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest on you. And in your name, we go against this multitude. I want to say this. Just call upon the name of the Lord. When it just seems like all hell, all the demons in hell are coming against you through depression and oppression. Depression. Are you hear what I'm saying? Call on the name of the Lord. Well, I better call my, my doctor, see what more medicine I can get. No, call on the name of the Lord. I'm not against medicine, but thank God for the for the for the for the great physician. Oh Lord, and he says, Oh Lord, you are God. Do not let man prevail against you. Notice, notice he said against you. Why didn't he say against us? Because, because they were part of God. Amen. And listen, God is in you. If any, you know, if anybody comes against you, they're coming against God. Hallelujah. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And listen, they better not come against you. Because you're the blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. And it says here, so, and if they are, vengeance is a God, uh, is God's. Vengeance is God's. In other words, you don't need to take your own vengeance, uh, beloved. Amen. Allow room for God to move. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And it says here, do not let men prevail against you. So the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and, and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled, and Asa and the people were with him pursued them to Gerar so the Ethiopians were overthrown and they could not recover for they were broken before the Lord and his army and they carried away very much 
spoil. So what the enemy was trying to do to Judah and King Asa with that million man army. Think about that. With with 300,000 chariots. You know, uh, what he was trying to do was try and, try and destroy Judah. But they, listen, but God. And I, it doesn't matter if the enemy's trying to come against you. It doesn't matter wh- how he's trying to come against you. Greater is he, Jesus, that is in you than he that is in the world. The greater one's in you. So if your enemy's trying to come against your family, the greater you bind the enemy. Bind the strong man. Kick him out of your house. God, I wish you'd do something about the devil in my house. No, you got to do something about it. You submit yourself to God. You resist the devil. And the devil has to flee, which means run in terror from you. Amen. Glory to God. Now, now let's look at this because Asa takes a downturn. And because I love about God's word, because it shows what, what some kings done right. But then he, he did something that wasn't too good. And here in, in 2 Chronicles 15, 1, 2, it says now this. Well, let, let's continue on reading this because after uh, Asa turned to God fully, it says here uh, a, a, a prophet came to spoke, spoke to Asa and and. Uh, Judah and said this. Now the spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa and said to him, this was after the battle, after he won the battle. Hear me, Asa and all Judah of Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. My God. Amen. Think about that. And these are principles. We don't want to turn away from God. We want to turn towards God. We don't want to go a separate way. A lot of times what we tend to do is when we have pressure and the devil puts pressure, we want to run. We want to escape the pressure. But I'm telling you, you can't. The devil will always be chasing you. You will always. Listen, a coward dies a thousand deaths, but, but a champion only dies once. What do I mean by that? I mean, you got to die to your fears once and then the enemy can never mess with you again. But if we keep running, when the pressure comes on, we're going to die a thousand deaths. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And the devil will be running us around. And listen, you're supposed to be running him out of town. He's not supposed to be running you out of town. Can I get an amen or oh me? Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're not going anywhere either. Amen. Glory, Glory to God. Amen. I'm excited. All right. So Second Chronicles 15:19, there's a turn here. And it says, and there was no war until 30, the 35th year. We got to be very careful when we're not under a lot of pressure that we don't get relaxed or we start trusting in our own selves. And a lot of times when we've been going well and things and we haven't been, the enemy hasn't been attacking us because he will leave us for a season, the Bible says. Jesus was under attack in the wilderness, but the Bible says the Satan left until a more opportune time to come back. And so don't think the devil's going to stay away from you. No, he's observing you, trying to figure out a different way to get you down. 
to pull you down. So, so to understand that, that you're a marked people for, for the devil, if, especially if you're doing anything for God. But understand this, that God, you're a marked person for God too. You're marked for victory. You're marked for success. You're marked for prosperity. You're marked for healing. You're marked for deliverance. Can I get an amen here? Glory to God. And it says here, and there was no war. See, great battles come out of great victories. And you're not going to be able to have a great victory until there's a great battle. And some of you are in a battle this morning. Some of you have been battling the past couple months, been battling this year. But I'm telling you, you're coming out victorious in Jesus' name. Do you believe that today? Glory to God. You are ready victorious. And you have to stand on the victory corner. Amen. And so here... It says here, and there was no war until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. That's pretty good. And the 36th year of Asa's reign, King Basha of Israel Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from entering and leaving King Asa territory in Judah. So so we see here that Israel, the the, the kingdom, uh, was, was taking some territory of Judah. And so they didn't always get along. Amen. And it says, and Asa responded by removing the silver and gold from the treasuries of the temple of the Lord of the royal palace. And he sent to the king Ben-Hadad of of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus along with with this message. Let there be a treaty between you and me, like the one between your father and my father. See, I'm sending you silver and gold. Break your treaty with King uh, Basha of Israel so that he will leave me alone. So what was he doing? He was trying to use his own uh, street smarts, if I may, by, by connecting with an ungodly king to get that ungodly king to turn from Israel to stand with him. And so he spent money for this ungodly king to, in, in a sense, get rid of his problem. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so he sent to the commander and, 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 um, and so basically what happened, the king did that. And so, and so Israel moved out of that territory. And so uh, Judah recaptured that territory, took, took what they were building over there because they were trying to take more territory and they got their territory back. And then what, this is what happened next. A prophet of God came to Asa and said this. At the, to, at the time Hananiah and Sarah came to King Asa, this is 2 Chronicles 16, 1-10, at that time, Hanai, the seer, seer means prophet, came to king, which he's a seer, came to king of Asa and told him, because you have put your trust in the king of Aram and said to the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians? The Libyans, as a vast army with all their chariots and charioteers, at that time you relied on the Lord, and He handed them over to you. And so, and so, what? So what He was saying was that um, that He should have put His trust in God. And a lot of times, what we do is we put our trust in the wrong thing. And it says here, the eyes of the Lord searches the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are upright and committed to Him. In other words, God's eyes are going to and fro, seeing who is really seeking him. Listen, you can't do it without God. It doesn't matter how much money you have, what you attain, you know, if you're out of debt, you know, you're never going to be self-sufficient. 
You're going to always have to rely on God. We're not self-sufficient people. We need God in the big area. See, he didn't think he needed God. He thought this was a little problem. You need God in the big problems and you need God in the little problems. Going to get an amen here. And so here, uh, so here the prophet says to King Asa, what a fool you have been, for now you'll be at war. Asa became so angry with Hanani for saying this that he threw him in prison and uh, put him in stocks. At that time, Asa began to oppress some of the people. So what, ha- what happened? When the truth of God's word came to Asa, revealing to him truth, instead of him humbling himself, he got haughty. And a lot of times, when we, even when we do things and they may work a little bit, and we know it's not really right, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Then, and then when the man of God speaks to you, you if your heart's not right, you're going to get haughty and you're going to get prideful. And then this is the second thing that happened. He didn't go to God with that problem. And then he had another problem. It says, in the 39th year of reign of Asa became diseased in his feet. And he had a melody that was severe. Yet his disease, he did not seek the Lord. He didn't seek the Lord again. He had disease in his feet. But he sought the physicians. Then the next line of this was, so Asa rested with his fathers. He died. So instead of seeking God... You know, he sought the physicians thinking that they were, they had it all going on, but God has it all going on. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It was like my mom one time, she was dealing with a situation where she needed an operation. And, you know, it's not always good to go under the knife. And she, she decided to fast and pray and seek God's counsel and his wisdom. And she fasted and prayed for three days. And she felt in her heart that she, that she didn't have to go to that operation. And everything cleared up in her. Amen. She was healed. Praise God. And so I'm telling you, sometimes it might take us getting close to God. Maybe it might take you fasting a day. Maybe it might. What, Pastor? You mean I have to do without food? You What, Pastor? You mean I got to wait on the Lord? Yeah, maybe we need to wait on the Lord. Maybe we need to spend some time. Well, Lord, well, it's easy. I can just go with this suggestion. I don't have to wait. Yeah, waiting is, seems to be a little harder. But, 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 but the Bible says that the, those who wait upon the Lord, they shall, they shall be new, renewed like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. Amen? They shall walk and not faint. And so sometimes we have to wait on the Lord. Amen? And so sometimes we just take matters in our own hands. And we don't need to do that, praise God. We need to continually seek God. Put The the key to this message is put God first place in every area of our life. When something comes against us, what we need to be saying is, what does the word say? In other words, there used to be a popular saying that used to go like this. What would Jesus do? Anybody remember that one? What would Jesus do? Amen. And so we need to to think, what would the word, you know, when we encounter a problem or an issue, what does the word say about it? What does God's word say about this situation or that situation? I don't know, Pastor. Well, you need to get into it. You need to find out what God's word says about it and then follow God's word, his directives, put his word first place. And as you do that, you will see the blessings. You will see the grace. You will see the prosperity of God in your lives. Do you believe that today? 
Are you putting some of the, I'm telling you, you need to start putting some of these principles in. Take the scriptures. If you're dealing with financial issues, take the scriptures and finances when you walk out of here and take those and start meditating on that until that becomes a reality. Some person said, well, I give, but I, never, I don't know if God blessed, has ever blessed me. And the preacher said, take and meditate on the word. And he started doing that. And then the blessings started coming in. Sometimes we're just automatic pilot when we give. We got to give in faith. We got to sow in faith, believing that God not only going to meet our needs, but he's going to abundantly supply every need that we have. We have a lady in here that, that lost her job. She started coming to church, Karen, and uh, she, uh, she um, was led by the Spirit of God. She, she couldn't find a job that she thought she wanted, but she was led by the Spirit of God to go to this particular place. And she went there by faith and got the job. Praise the Lord. And it, it was a hotel, one of the nicest hotels in the area where she lives. And she, she went out there being led by... God can lead you into success. But in the process, she was coming out. She was helping the church. She was cleaning on Wednesdays. She was putting her hand to the plow. God can't bless what you don't do. And so she was doing something positive, And then the grace of God opened the door, led her into the job that she's in now. Praise God. And I'm telling you, God's going to continue. She may end up running that hotel over there. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. Praise God. God is so good. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And we just thank you, Father God, that you're building this church up. You're building our spirit man's man up, Lord, to do all that you've called us to do. And perhaps you're here today. Maybe, maybe you're a visitor or maybe you're watching online. And you don't you don't have that relationship with God that you know you need. You 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 may have never confessed Jesus as your Lord. And so I'm telling you today, the Bible says is the day of salvation. Turn to God. You know, maybe you've been turning to everything else. Maybe you've been turning to alcohol to, to solve your problems. Maybe you're turning to medication. Nothing wrong with that. But God is greater than all that. Maybe you're turning to, to whatever you're turning to, whatever vice that you may be turning to, to, to help you with your problem. God can help you, deliver you, and set you free. And so if you've never made a confession of Jesus as being your Lord, I want to lead you in a confession today. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, and you believe in your heart that he was raised for, for, for your justification, you shall be saved. So, so just say this after me if you're ready to move forward in God. Just say this. Dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 